Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Gay Jay-Z, presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. Jay Will here, Alan Hahn, and Chris Canny joining you. Jay Will, how are you feeling today? Feel great today. Yeah. Feel good today. Like CC's been coming in with the, the heat. We got great guest questions uh, from callers. I don't know what I just said there. Guest well, questions from yeah, callers. Yeah. <laughs> I was looking at my sheets and I was looking at the guest questions, questions and I was right. thinking about callers you at got, the same you got time. A little ahead of your it happens. It's been that kind of day, recovery. Man. No turnover, yeah. but I got it back. Well, see, the, ener- the energy is what got you there, though. That's Thank what I'm you. saying. The energy takes you almost all the way there. Thank so you. Good. We go Alan up. caught me a little bit off guard, but I, I'm back. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to see how you were feeling. That's all. I know. Oh, I'm allowed to. We going up on a Tuesday, Alan. It's all good. On a Tuesday. It's all good. I was just asking season. I'm like, it feels like a Wednesday, doesn't it? It feels like a Wednesday or a Thursday. Day. I wish it was a Friday. Yeah. Anyways, but yeah, it, it's it's been it's been certainly one of those kind of mornings. And the and the call the the callers we've had, and I've thought the fun conversation with the Zion Williamson question and whatnot. Certainly got to get back to that in this hour as well. But speaking of basketball, and last night we saw at least half of the Final Four set on the men's side of things, and Houston and Baylor move on. Which is, you know, again, you have two teams from Texas. Now you got UC, USC and UCLA trying to do the same thing on, the, on their side. We'll see what happens tonight with the other half of that Final Four. But in the women's tournament, which has been fantastic, we got like sort of that, that game of the year we've been waiting for. It's almost like in the men's, you want to see Baylor-Gonzaga, right? Like we, we haven't gotten to see them play each other. You almost feel like that's what we need to see, and we won't see it until the championship. But on the women's side, UConn Baylor, the defending champs, UConn, obviously the, the, the formidable program in women's basketball. To see them go head-to-head was must-watch and was on ESPN last night. And it, it, it had a controversial ending that really is one of those you can debate it all you want. And we'll get to the call in a moment, but what happened, if you don't know, is Dijon Carrington looked like she was fouled. There were two players came up, looked like she was fouled in the final seconds, and Baylor's down one. Now, Carrington obviously plays for Baylor. And there was no call at all on the play. And it's always kind of interesting to hear the contrast in takes on no calls late in very important games. Because, of course, there's two sides to every story, and we're showing it right now um, on, on TV. So let's first go with the Baylor head coach, Kim Mulkey, who, as we see the last play happen, there does look like contact. It was, by the way, setting it up properly. A physical game. There were some things that were let go throughout this game. Also, Baylor had a 10-point lead at one point in the second half of this game, and then UConn went on a 19-0 run and things got out of hand. But still, when you lose on a play where you feel like you should have gotten the foul, should have gotten to the free throw line with the ability to try to win the game, you feel a certain way. And Kim Mulkey did as she was asked about the no call. What did you see when Dijonet drove the ball? From where you were standing. What did you see? I was surprised they didn't call a foul. Then write it like that. You don't need a quote from me. I've got steel shots and video from two angles. One kid hits her in the face and one kid hits her on the elbow. Well, we do need the quote from you, Coach. But we got it anyway because <laughs> you did tell us that you have evidence now of different angles that tell you that there was a foul called. I, mean, I think there we was watched body. It. She There's got contact. hit body. Lower body, she got hit. Got hit in the face, got hit on the arm. No doubt, it was about definitely it. a foul. Yeah, no doubt about it. But again, as you you said earlier in the show, we always do things in context, right? Mm-hmm. That video of just that final play of the no call that you see all over social media. What you don't see is the 
entire game where it was kind of that was the kind of game they were playing and that was the kind of game that was officiated, right? There were a lot of missed calls in the whole. I, I think it was actually one of the most poorly officiated games. You say missed calls or the let them play kind of both. Calls. Okay, I mean, well, I, I don't know. Sometimes they would give a tic tac foul. Other times they let them play through. All right. I have no idea what standard you're letting me play at. Can I hit her? Is that a foul or can I not hit her? I, I don't know which one is it. So I think that volatility of not having consistency with the calls is what I recognize in the game right from the beginning. I mean, right from the beginning, Genie on Ariema comes back and talks about the fact that there were a lot of missed calls that he felt like they had, which I agree with him on, in the first half where Baylor went to the free throw line a ton of times that they missed. So it's – the whole game was poorly officiated. You bring up Gino, and like I said, the contrast in takes when it comes to winning and losing. So you heard Kim Mulkey say to a reporter, well, you saw it, you write it, and I have all this evidence that shows you that foul should have been called. So Gino Oriema, of course, after the game, was asked on that final play and what uh, Kim uh, Mulkey had to say. And his response was, let's say, uh, a little bit lighter. I don't know. I haven't seen it. But I'd also like to look at all the fouls in the first half where they shot 11 free throws and we shot two. So I don't think I'm going to go back and check all those. And I'm not going back and check on the last one. So, you know, a call is a call. And you got to live with it. You know, the the officials are going to make the call they think they, they need to make. Sounded like he was lecturing a little bit there. Calls a call. Got to live with it. Like, <laughs> like he should have just added this. Calls a call. You got to live with it. Kim. Exactly. Like, it almost as if he was talking directly to his rival. But Can the we other part. schedule them to play multiple times oh next year? Goodness, yes. I need to see more <laughs> yeah. Coach Mulkey versus Coach this Gino. This has become a thing. Yeah, a rivalry, no doubt. It needs to be a consistent thing within the theme of college basketball. Isn't it good for women's basketball, though? You want to have this type – like – Controversy, I get. Like, it's never good to have controversy or a bad call. But what I mean, though, is that a we're talking about it, right? Mm-hmm. B it is something that everybody's going to have take sides on it, and there's energy around it. It's not a bad thing. Rivalries are good for sports, especially when they're heated. This clearly was. Yeah, this puts a little more gas on the fire. Yes. So, I mean, this is what you're looking for with between two of the top programs, two of the top coaches in the entire sport. So, I mean, I love the fact that you're seeing it. Now, I hate it in terms of the officials deciding the outcome of a game because that's ultimately what happened. Or not. Right, or or not. I I hear what you're saying, but, like, the officials swallowing their whistle and not calling that foul in that circumstance, that was deciding the game. And as a player, you never want the officials to decide – or determine the outcome of the game. Like, I understand the mentality as a player of not wanting to leave it up to the officials, but there are some times in games where you have that play out where the official determined the outcome of the game. And I felt like last night was one of them. The only way I respond to that, though, is literally the possession before Kristen Williams goes up for a layup gets destroyed on the arm. The ball goes in. That should have been an and one. So, Mm -hmm. like, do you want to argue that? Like, we can go back and argue a lot of calls that were monumental calls. So there's also a part of me, CC, as a player where I say – Baylor was actually up double digits. Yeah. They were up double digits. Now, I know D.G. Richards got hurt, and she was one of their best players. She only played 30 minutes. I know that hurt them Mm -hmm. throughout the course of the game, but there were also other possessions before that where they just won with it. It was a charge, multiple charges. They were a little bit reckless with the ball. Like, you take care of the ball in those moments. Maybe you're not in that situation to begin with. So I hear the frustration on it, but it's also the context of the whole game. Now, again, officiating is always something that we, all of us, no matter what the sport, we will react to it quickly, and and everybody will have their different takes on it. Fran Fischella, who is a college basketball analyst for us at ESPN, 
took to Twitter immediately about it, saying the officials clearly just they don't. This happens all the time. They don't want to be involved in something that would result in an upset. He went on Freddie and Freddie and Fitzsimmons uh, to explain what he meant by this. Is what he said. By and large, these officials do a great job. That's how they advance in a tournament. But there, I've seen on occasion, I've seen it this year, that there are some, I believe that there's just an old school mentality of not wanting to be involved in an upset. And you don't want to be responsible for the upset. And to me, that's not great officiating. To me, you have to blow the whistle, call what you see. Maybe they didn't see it. One official was out of position on the baseline. He should have been over by where the shot was taken. He wasn't. But you just have to make that call. I don't care what, what basket basketball game you play in November or March, men, women, it doesn't matter. An egregious foul has to be called at a crucial time of the game. That part, accurate. If it's an egregious foul, an obvious call, you make it. To say that I'm not blowing the whistle here, let the players decide the game, you could argue that Carrington did decide the game by driving aggressively into a double team and drawing a foul, and the foul was never called. Well, here's the thing. If it's a foul, then it should be called. Like, I understand people are saying the let them play mentality, but that's up to a point. Like, at some point, there's no way you can play through the contact that Carrington got on that shot. Like, you've got to make the call. I think she forced the issue, and good on her as a player under those circumstances trying to make a play for her team. But but there's no way you can tell me that it was the right decision for the officials not to blow the whistle under those circumstances. And by result of not making that call – they decided the outcome of the game because Baylor wasn't going to get any more possessions after that. I, we're on the same page. Can I tell you the most interesting thing about this whole thing is that, you know, I've been at ESPN for close to 15 years, right? You know, 10-plus years ago, you used to see this little small sliver on social media or just in people that will only be talking about the women's tournament. Or we'd be talking about the women's tournament when we get to the Final Four, the national championship game, if it was the matchup, like the big one-two matchup, mm-hmm. or a one-one, mm-hmm. two number one seeds. Think about how much we've been talking about women's basketball for good or for bad, right? If it's about the tournament and about the lack of facilities and how having the conversation, having women in the tournament address it through social media – Force the NCAA to come to the table and to retool that, to give them the actual equipment that they needed. Talking about Paige Beckers and about how she should be allowed to go directly to the WNBA or play overseas after her freshman year. Having people like Draymond Green, some of the biggest players in the women's game, address these type of issues. And now even last night's game, having LeBron James tweet about it. I watched the entire game last night. My wife is like, what are you doing? The Houston game is on. You're not watching the Houston. I'm like, no, this I'm actually better. watching this game. I want to see Paige Beckers play. I want to see Baylor Bears, the Lady Bears. Like, this is where women's basketball is, and it's monumental for the sport. And they need to continue to build this kind of narrative because the game deserves to be treated that way. Yeah. I applaud the game for where the game is going. Yeah, that, that part's true. And like I said, with that comes when we talk about rivalries and controversies. That's just how we talk sports. And this is certainly part of that. Today on ESPN Daily, explore the history of what might be the best, worst team in sports. Mm. Of course, it's the New York Mets. <laughs> and a new book about them is called So Many Ways to Lose. Sounds like the story of my life. Hear more on ESPN Daily. Listen on your favorite podcast app. <laughs> it's very, very strong.
Ooh, Uchiwali. Jay's still in a good mood. I see music is just mm-hmm. the way you keep people in a good mood. I firmly believe that. You know, we come in in the mornings. It's early. What we, we had one time where, you know, we weren't as coherent as we should be during our morning meetings. <laughs> but you know what? We had we had good beats on. Yes. And that just transitioned to the show. Got us going. Like, that needs to be our thing. Just like, you know, a good Bob Marley for me on a Saturday morning. You know, like, all right, I have a good Bob for the We talked Sinatra the same or, way, right? Or having the right songs playing before that second practice in a two-a-day. Yes. <laughs> yes. Chris knows that one. you don't have it. And you know who else understands the idea and the life of being on a morning show? Is Mike Breen. Earlier in his career, that's it. he had to live that life while also calling NBA games as well. And he joins us right now on the Goodyear Hotline, the voice of the NBA, Mike Breen. How are you doing, Mike? Good morning. Well, I, I remember all the years being on a, on a morning show, and I think I did it about 14 years. There wasn't one single morning, not one time in the 14 years, where the alarm went off and you said, Oh, that was a good night's sleep. <laughs> Never. Exactly. Never. Exactly. You were always tired when you got up. Yeah. So I, I commend, I salute you guys. How's everybody doing? Great. We had this discussion, an animated one, earlier in the show. We actually, callers were involved in this as well, and I'd love to get you involved. So we were just trying to figure out, as Zion Williams is really now emerging as just, he always has been the most watched kind of player, but now he's starting to live up to what maybe the expectations we set before him as, uh, the next star of the league, you know, maybe taking the torch from LeBron James. You've called every player in this league. You've called so many games and some of the biggest games this, this league has had over the last 20-plus years. Is there a player, like, that you get the most hyped up to call? And would Zion be on that list? He's on the list now, for sure, <laughs> the, the way he's playing this year. I mean, you saw it last year at times, but, you know, there was there was kind of a, a slight tentativeness coming back from the injury. Um, still not completely comfortable in the NBA game, but the way he plays is is built for the NBA game, and he is so comfortable right now, and obviously healthy. Um, yeah, he's up there. There's so many though guys right now. I, I know you guys would agree that right now, off the charts in terms of the athleticism and the shot making, what these guys can do. It's almost it's almost unfair now for for the NBA defense. It, it's hard to play defense in the NBA right now because of the way the game is called and the rules and just how talented these guys are offensively. Mike, I want to talk to you about the Brooklyn Nets for a short stint. So I, I found it interesting when they signed Blake Griffin and LaMarcus Aldridge uh, in, in the buyout market that people then started to build this narrative that they're stacking the deck. When over the last couple of years, all I've been hearing about Blake Griffin is he's trash. He's washed up. He's not the guy. LaMarcus Aldridge, like, what are they doing in San Antonio? You can't build a system around him. He's slow. Look at his footwork. But now all of a sudden, the nets are stacked. Yeah. Well, I, Blake Griffin had that, had that exact sentiment. He sent out that tweet about that. Hey, wasn't last year people telling me he was done? Um, but, you know, the key for those two guys now is they're just, they just have to play a role. They don't have to carry a team, and uh, it makes it the perfect fit for them if they're willing to play that role. And by all accounts, um, they seem to be on that on that mindset. Especially Blake Griffin. You know, Aldris hasn't played yet, but um, you know, I watched Blake Griffin play that game in Portland the other night. He he had so much joy in going up and down the floor, and if he can score ten points, grab six or seven rebounds, he's had a great night. 
and he doesn't have the pressure of having to carry, which is hard for him to do now physically. And um, it's it's almost like a perfect fit. Jay, you know that so often when you acquire a player, it's it's at what point in his career are you acquiring him? Uh, because if it's much younger in their career, you know they want to score their points, they want to get their minutes, they want to get their touches. Right now, Blake Griffin, all he wants, he wants to be part of a winning team that can can get a title. Mike, Jeannie Buss came out and said that the moves the Nets have made in the last couple of weeks have brought out the best in her organization. What do you make of the two rosters, that being the Nets and the Lakers right now, after the buyout moves? Well, I, I think, Chris, that um, for me, Brooklyn is the favorite to win it all. Um, and it's it might be silly to say that because we haven't seen them really as a whole team yet. Um, just with the big three, is it seven games? They played seven games together. And and we're we're putting them up there, but they deserve to be that way because I think the whole key is is James Harden and what he's done and how he's kind of transformed the way he's playing. I said this on the air. Uh, I did a, a Rockets game. Uh, listen to me, a Rockets game. I did a Nets game a couple of weeks ago. And as talented as as Harden was when he was playing for the Rockets, and what he was doing was historical in in some ways. Uh, but he wasn't always fun to watch. But for them to win and beat the good teams, he had to play that way. He's not. He's so. He might be my most enjoyable player to watch right now. There's nobody whose playmaking is better than he is right now. Um, he's been spectacular. And again, he's at now at a time where he doesn't have to score 35 a night, and he's enjoying the way he's playing. His court vision and his skill level in terms of passing. Uh, is just as good as anybody playing the game right now. And if he continues to play that way and is willing to sacrifice shots and points to get everybody else involved, especially when Durant comes back, they're unguardable, absolutely unguardable. And to beat them four times in a series, uh, it's going to take an unbelievable defensive effort, plus the fact that you have to score a ton of points if you want to beat them four times. It, uh, he just makes them so good when he plays the way he's playing right now. Mike, I'm so glad you said that because a couple of weeks ago, and I mean, I thought I was being nice because I've been really critical of James Harden, like really critical in his time with the Rockets. I, I, I compared him his game to mumble rap. Mike, I don't expect <laughs> you to understand that reference, but I know that Jay, Jay and Chris get it. It's just a different type of version of something that not old people can't really get into. I just couldn't stand his game there. Then I'm watching him with Brooklyn and I'm saying – I can't believe that. I am enjoying watching him play basketball. And Rockets fans, Mike, it's as if I just – I basically said that they were the worst franchise ever. Like, they took it so personal and felt like, well, you you never watched him as a Rocket. I'm like, I watched him way too much as a Rocket. But it's amazing how there is a difference. And yet, of course, he's still putting up the numbers, still being productive. But there is visually a difference in the way he's playing and it, I mean, dare I say, is like with joy? I don't know. Does that make any sense, Jay? Wait, 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 Mike, don't answer anything. Do you just call Mike Breen old? No, no, me. Mumble rap? I said me. Oh. I was talking me. Was like, I'm watching myself. <laughs> Whoa, did you just jab the, the, the Are you timeless try- voice of the voice? Mike, you see what Mike he's doing. Mike Breen hits no, the no, golf ball further doing. than me. You see, I've seen it. you see what he's doing. You see what he's doing. I didn't know what you were doing there. I didn't know where no, you were going. Mike I Breen has worked guy. on morning shows. He gets this. You're you trying to drive rap. a spike. I don't know. I'm just telling you what I heard. You're Alan. trying to start trouble. Sorry, Mike. You can't do that. I had to defend you there for a minute. Well, I, I I I did think he called me old, but he's he's right, I guess. So I can't really argue it. Um, no, he's not, Mike. No, he's not. <laughs> no, I feel terrible. No, you know what? What you said. Listen, um, 
he was he was a tough watch when you just see him bring up and bring the ball up the court, dribble it between his legs ten times, and then you know jack up a three. Um, he was amazing in what he was able to do, but I, I know from talking to some Rockets back then, he, it wasn't fun to play all the time to play with him. As much as they knew too that that for them to win and for them to be an elite team, he had to play that way. But it's not fun to play with somebody that that dominates the ball so much. Um, and he's not doing that. Is he still have the ball in his hands a lot? Obviously. And I think Kyrie Irving's going to him and say, "Hey, you're the point guard." I think that was a, that was a great thing for Irving to do yes. and to take that step. It's kind of like when Dwayne Wade said to LeBron James after they struggled out of the gate in Miami, "Hey, this is your team. You're the guy in charge." It's hard to do that if you're if you're Dwayne Wade. It's hard to do that if you're Kyrie Irving. But they both did it because they both knew that you know the ultimate goal was to win a championship. It's for Harden. Hey, we all hated the way he got out of Houston. Hated the way he did it. Um, you know, and, and he deserved criticism. He accepted the criticism and admitted he didn't do it right. But in terms of watching him right now, this guy is playing spectacular basketball. In my opinion, the best all-around basketball he's ever played. And that even the MVP when when he's averaging 35, 36 a game because he's playing winning basketball that gets his whole team involved. You watch the way the bench reacts all the time. Um, he's just he's he's on an incredible level right now. Mike, we thank you very much. I did not call you old. Well, it was just a simple no, reference. I'm just, I'm just kidding. See, it's it's, it's the gray hair, but people don't understand. I dye my hair gray so I could look more mature. <laughs> Love it, Mike. Thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate you as always. Thanks, Mike. Okay, guys. Why are you trying to start trouble? Mike nope. Green is somebody that is like a mentor nope. of mine. I didn't do anything. Now I have to see him the next Knicks game. I'm going to have to see him before the game, and you're going to make me apologize. Got to go to break. Is he a bad teammate, Chris? Time he's a bad teammate. No, he's not. You did try to pull Mike Breen over into that corner with you saying that you were old. You did try to do that in a roundabout way. So I'm a bad teammate? Yeah, Sounds like it. I mean, he is a guest. I don't think you want to insult our guests. Mm, I don't. Okay. Anyways. Yeah. Coming up next, more football is a good thing if you're a fan, but it comes with some changes that are going to have to happen to the league. We'll discuss that coming up next. KJZ, <laughs> ESPN Radio. Hey, it's Greeny. Tuesday we will be down to half of the Final Four, and Baseball Legends Week continues with the great Ozzie Smith. Don't miss it with me, Greeny, starting 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, 
Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. KJZ, Alan Hahn, Chris Canny in with J. Will, ESPN Radio. We go to the Goodyear Hotline. Damaris Smith joins us right now, NFLPA Executive Director. And, D, if I could, I want to start with what we just talked about on the Sports Center, a news that just continues to cycle involving one of the most popular players in the league in Deshaun Watson. And I know the Texans clearly are monitoring this, the NFL monitoring it as well. Um, how much is the union being involved in this on behalf of the player? Yeah, well, well. good morning. First, uh, Jay and Will, good morning to all of you. Um, we, we monitor these cases. Um, if, if it results in an investigation by the league uh, uh, with respect to the, the personal conduct policy, we'll become involved in that. Uh, other than that, you, you know, historically, I, I don't comment on, um, on open cases, but we certainly are continuing to monitor it um, as it might impact uh, uh, this young man and the personal conduct policy. D, the big news of the week with the NFL is that they're going to expand the regular season to 17 games. Now, I know the players agreed to the CBA that gave the owners the right to expand the regular season, but what's your reaction when you hear a player like Alvin Kamara come out and express his his discontent with that um, now that it seems like the owners are going down the road to exercising that provision? Yeah, you know, great question. I, I'd probably start on making uh, making sure we're clear about language. We didn't give them anything. The conversation about 17 games actually started in the 2006 CBA when the league had the right to go beyond 18 games for free. Um, We changed that in the 2011 CBA. Um, Moving forward um, in 2020, the the players uh, opened up the CBA negotiations with um, uh, collective bargaining stances that called for massive increases in salaries for our players, increases in our share of revenue, um, uh, better benefits for former players. The league tied that to a 17th game season, and they bought that right, bought that right to go to 17 games. What would be the impact, I guess, for the players then economically? Because clearly, like you said, there was a time that in the agreement it was adding games for free this obviously is much yep. different what you what you negotiated for the players so as you know again players are, are concerned about adding the game uh, adding one more game I think it was Tory Smith who said maybe you got to change how much you practice because after 16 games your body's already taken a toll just imagine how it'll feel after 17 games so what is yep. then and I hate to put it in in such an easy way but what is what's in it for the players to have a 17 game season Hey, some, sometimes it's our job to put it in an easy way, right? <laughs> um, um, we're, we're looking at just the increase in the percentage point alone um, is an increase in an excess of $1 billion over the term of the deal. Um, it All of our players um, um, on the base got a 20% increase in salaries 
uh, last year. Uh, the benefits are better. The benefits for former players are better. We took a group of former players dating back to the 80s and brought former players' pensions up uh, to a baseline standard in, into, into modern times. That's even uh, before changes in the funding rule that went from $2 million uh, to fifteen million to to increase uh, the room for guaranteed contracts, changing uh, the work rules, improving our health and safety. E- every now and then, it's 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 okay to make things simple by looking at what the league had for free uh, fifteen years ago and what they bought um, uh, in increases to player salaries and health and safety going forward. Demaris, would the league be looking at kind of implementing a bye week rule? Uh, considering you have yep. a 17th game now in the season? Yeah, I, I don't know about that. We've had, we've had a lot of conversations about the, the extra, the extra bye week um, you know, where it would fall becomes uh, a, a little bit problematic. Um, but Jay, g- going back to where this conversation started, there are major changes in our work rules, um, you know, for players who played, um, you know, under the 2006 deal, even before that, the, the most impactful change was the massive reduction in off-season training and, and the changes that were made in 2011 with training camp alone. Um, we're on the eve of another voluntary workout uh, period in the National Football League. What we found out last year was that changes to the off-season, let, let's forget the word changes, eliminating the off-season – um, had had nothing but positive benefits on the overall season. Mm. Um, as we move into uh, a 17th game, there are changes, mandatory changes to our work rules. But at the same time, um, um, the offseason remains absolutely voluntary. And, and what players have found out is taking that voluntary opportunity to heal, to rest, to recover. Uh, I didn't talk to a player last year uh, who missed off-season workouts, and, and we should stay with a world where players are using that time for rest and recovery. D, the players and the owners were pushed into a virtual off-season last year because of the coronavirus and the ongoing pandemic. And so I wanted to know, what has been your role in educating the players on how we move forward with the realities of COVID and potentially getting vaccinated? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the, the vaccination question is is uh, it's sort of an easy one. Um, you know, I, I personally, when when the vaccination becomes to to, to my age group and, and for the first time in my life, I'm, I'm glad to be a little older. Um, uh, um, I think, you know, the vaccination ha- has proved the vaccine has proved to be safe uh, for people and, and for people in our community. Our message to them should be that, that we should get the vaccine for the um for the off season um, and, and what we should be thinking about right now, we are still in COVID. Um, we have a larger number of cases per month now than we had per month last season at this time. Uh, the, the chief of the CDC, I read her comments uh, this morning, hospitalizations are increasing deaths are increasing. And, and by the way, I don't want to seem alarmist, but but as we get more and more people um, um, able to get the vaccine, we are going to go through periods where there are going to be peaks and valleys. Um, it seems to me that, that the league um, and the players union made a common sense, smart decision last year to have a virtual offseason. 
uh, because that was the best way to protect ourselves and ensure that, that we could get through a season. Um, and I think that having the same off-season schedule this year as we had last year is just simply common sense. Um, we'll, we'll find out very quickly whether, you know, whether the league believes in that. But um, I, I think the conversation should be more about conversation. Uh, sorry, more about common sense and less about control. DeMars, there was a hundred billion dollar deal in place for the NFL, which has pretty much doubled the value of the NFL rights, TV rights. Where do you, what are your future projections of where the NFL <laughs> is going as a business? Yeah. Um, you know, look, Jay, I, you know, the, I love the game. And, uh, you know, your clip earlier was was of March Madness. You know, it's probably my second favorite uh, time of the year behind lacrosse season. But, you know, the, the business of sport is is um, one that is is not necessarily linear. It's it, it, it's not necessarily simple. But when we look at the business of football, we know that long term deals um, have allowed us to maximize television revenue, and uh, maybe maybe a tip of the cap to the folks at ESPN who've contributed to that. But um, <laughs> we 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 have a system now where we know that by instilling long term deals, um, we're able to maximize television revenue, and and the TV deals this time around, um, I think were a direct result of of the collective bargaining agreement that we had. I also think that it was a direct result of us being smart last year and actually getting through a 256 game season um, on time and keeping our players safe. Those things have those things have linear um, uh, connections to to revenue. So I'm thrilled uh, that that we were able to get every one of our players paid in full last year, even though we were down four billion dollars. So when you talk about the strength of a partnership between the players and, and, and the league, the, the vision of the players to be smart about how to insulate themselves against downturn. Um, what, what business in America um, suffered a $4 billion decrease, but had each and every one of their players and workers paid in full. I can't come up with one. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on, but I, I got to tell you that a lot of the producers who are working the show right now are, are transfixed on the fact that you're wearing short sleeves today, and doing such, you're looking like you know, okay, you might have done some curls it's before. A soft flex. It's a soft flex. I was thinking the same like, thing. Like, you know, I need to start doing some damn push-ups, D. And, and, and I'm also got to tell you now, it's not something that I was thinking of until it was put in my ear. But there, there's a curiosity of between you and Chris Kenny, who can bench more. Ooh. Stop oh, it. oh, stop. stop. No, uh, uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. Hey, here's my, here's my curl workout this morning. Here's my curl workout this morning. Again, appreciate your time. Thanks so Thanks much. Thanks for coming on, D. Appreciate you. You guys take care. Always a pleasure. All, All right, DeVar Smith on the Goodyear hotline. Chris, I'm telling you, I, it's, don't blame me. Man. It's just it started coming up in the text chain. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm curious about the same thing. That's all. It's just see, see, I don't have an issue with D answering the question that way. I got an issue with the guys that are that are in the booth in your ear. Oh, they try to set it. Yeah, try, try to, try set, to it set you up for me to come at you like that because we're better than that. We're usually oh, here. No, no. 
We're usually here. That's why I'm, I'm comfortable doing this. Yeah. Because I know. You know where I come from. It's always from a positive place. Yeah, I know it wasn't anything malicious, he, and no. I know it wasn't you setting me up like that. Right. I knew it was them. They're Steve the bad Smith, guys. man. Surrounded come by for bad the info. Yeah, they're for bad the gun show. I just want you guys to know, I stay quiet the whole time. <laughs> I had nothing to say. <laughs> the good news was. like, yeah, no, I'm not jumping But we got to laugh. You're going to leave that one alone, right? Y'all got the bench. Y'all got it. I'll be doing Pilates. Working on my flexibility. Yeah, a little bit of yoga. Oh, man. All right, as we wrap up the show, we do something that's become a bit of a tradition here. We call it Call a Roulette. Know the rules. If you're new, be careful. This is how we do it, and we're very strict with the rules. So the number is 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776, and the rules are simple. You say, when I call your line number, you say your name, where you're from, and you get right to your question or maybe a comment about something we said during the show. Whatever it is, we get as many calls as we can. If you are somebody that says, hey, how are you guys doing? And we hang up on you. If you say something like, guys, really enjoy the show, and hang up on you. Just get to the question as many as we can. Efficient. The economy of words is what's necessary here, unlike the way I generally host the show. All right, we'll do all that coming up. But Jay has this from DraftKings. Baseball is back, baby. And DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, is putting you on the field with a free shot at a share of millions of dollars in total prizes. Just pick 10 players, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for hits, runs, strikeouts, and more. Download the DraftKings app now and use code KJZ to get a free shot at a share of the millions of dollars up for grabs this week with your first deposit. That's code KJZ. Only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Uh, Mm. I swear I thought that was Rudy Giuliani calling the show. I was like, oh, okay, Rudy. Was he in front of Four Seasons? (laughs) Oh, jeez. No, 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 no. The landscape. Oh, okay, the landscape. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, okay. Not the hotel. Yeah. yeah. No, no. no. I mean, he was in Philly. I thought. Yeah. 
Just saying. Rock the bells, by the way. Yeah. Oh. Now we all agree on that. All right, so we're going to play the game. You know how this works. Call the roulette. I gave you the rules already. If you're late, that's your problem. You get it wrong, and you're out. So let's go right to it because we don't have a lot of time. Line two, go. Alex, Charlotte. Want to know who's going to win the NL Central? Big Cubs fan here. It's been a down year ever since 2016. Cubs are going to win it. Just feeling, for you. I'm feeling just it. for you. Putting it out there. Feeling like you. I'm feeling this is, a, this is the year for the Cubs. <laughs> just for you. Absolutely. Wow, I was going to go the opposite. I think it's going to be the Cardinals. I think the Cubs end up blowing this up at the trade deadline. Yeah. Really? I'm with you on that one, Evan. The I, I see it the same way. The Cardinals, after making that move for Arenado, I like where they're going. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the easy pick, all right? I'm taking a hot take right okay. now, all right? All I'm right. stepping out okay. a little bit. Okay? All right. Yeah, anybody all can right. just go ahead and go with the obvious pick. go ahead and be that guy. I'm going to be that guy, damn it. Line three, go. Edwin, Tribeca, and honor Mike Green and my New York Knicks. I think they should look at Tyson Chandler and possibly Jeff Teague. Jeff Teague, I believe, is signing with Milwaukee. Milwaukee, yeah. right? I believe yeah. so. He's already off the table. And Tyson Chandler, I love him. He's fifty. How old is he now? Like, <laughs> he's, he's up, up there. He's up yeah, there. no, I love Tyson. I don't think he's he's an answer for Edwin, the Knicks. Did you just claim Tribeca? I, Tribeca? I've never, I haven't really heard a lot of people just like, oh, Edwin Tribeca, Tribeca. Rep, repping for Tribeca. Yeah, like, that's, that's like, <laughs> typically people try to keep it like low key to them in Tribeca. Yeah. It's a really nice area of town. Yeah, like, from, yo, Lower Tribeca, East Side, yeah. you know, like Queens, or Brooklyn, just, or just Tribeca. 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 <laughs> <laughs> we continue on KJZ with Carla Roulette, Line Four. Aaron from North Carolina. Okay. Um, with Stephen Curry's performance last night, where do you see the Warriors going into the playoffs? What the? Ooh. By the way, I, have you heard him getting more and more kind of impatient with the young team around him? Well, it's been happening, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, it's been happening. And look, Andrew Wiggins was the guy. Then Kelly Uber was playing well. Then all of a sudden, Kelly Uber is playing horribly. Andrew Wiggins is playing okay. Like, Steph wants his team to make it. They're right now, I think they're at 9 or 10. They're 10, yeah. I always had them in the play-in tournament. I know that's shocking for people because it's Steph Curry, but they will be in the play-in tournament this year. No doubt. Can we get one more? Five, line five. Go, quickly. Andy from Oregon. Hey, real quick. I've been a Suns fan for my whole life. Should I get my hopes up at all with this team? Keep riding the wave, baby. Well, what's the hope? Don't do up? it. Like, what's They're your number hope? two in the West. Yeah, Don't give me the it. hope of, of making the playoffs and setting like setting the course now of being a contender. Yeah, that's your hope for this season. Good that luck when you see the They're Lakers not in the a first contender. round. Stop you don't think it. so? They are not. Rainy next. We'll see you all tomorrow. <laughs> Thanks as always for listening and watching. And-